Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to SSG Speaks, the podcast that takes you inside the walls of Camelot. Meet the knights that made sword and shield gaming what it is. So pour yourself a flask of your favorite mead and join us for an inside look at the fine folks that sit at the round table. Everybody, welcome to SSG Speaks. This is going to be episode three with our very own Simeon Chaos. That is so hard to call you that. <laughs> <laughs> also known as Code Monkey. I know. Code I Monkey, know, just... yes. That's not even the earliest one. Yeah, right. When you joined the Discord for the Suns a while back, I'm like, who the hell is this Simeon guy? He's super active and I like him. I don't know who he is. Um, didn't realize it was you. <laughs> The uh, the avatar gave it away for me, so. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, it is. Um, I think it's a rite of passage for for most people that they're going to go through a couple of gamer tag changes. Sure. Uh, obviously, Raymond, we've talked about that with you, but. Yeah, we'll wait till my episode to recap all those. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> but uh, Code or Simeon, can you can you go through your uh, your lineage of gamer tags with us, or oh, uh, wow. or all your handles for you know I, I, maybe some of the milestone ones or or you know the ones you like the most. Well. I mean, I've gone through them all a lot, mainly because I never really tied my identity to my gamer tag. So it's just, it never felt like I owned it. So, if, you know, after a while, it's like, ah, I feel like a change. So I think one of the first ones back when everyone was still back on the TTL forums and looking for groups, uh, my gamer tag then was QuadGKid76. And that kind of originated from the fact that I grew up outside the United States on a small island called Quadulin. So, really? Where is that at? It's in the Marshall Islands. So it's about, if you drew a line between Hawaii and Australia, it'd be about halfway in between. So, I mean, that sounds pretty awesome. Was it awesome? Yeah. I did not know that about you. Growing up, it's, you know, it's a little three mile long island. It's a U.S. military base. It's where they test their ICBM missiles. So back in the <laughs> 80s, there was a treaty with Russia and whatnot, and that was the only allowed ICBM test range. So they fire missiles from Vandenberg Air Force Base in California out to there and they've got it's the world's largest atoll so they've got the u.s leases the islands and they've got radar installations to track accuracy of missiles and i lived out there because my father was a radar engineer so he was working on one of the radars and so our whole family was out there it's like living in a small town in a tropical climate so yeah that's kind of crazy it sounds like uh sounds like a a plot for like a video game (laughs) yeah just cause game or uh yeah, Far Cry or something like that. So, you know, at one point I was changing my gamer tag and I was like, ah, let's go with that. That sounds somewhat related to me and let's pick something that I can remember. There you go. <laughs> I think when I met you, as far as I can remember, it was always Code Monkey that I can remember. Yeah, same. I think you had Code Monkey when, when we were in the detail forums, when we were in the uh, Allies for the Win. Yeah, I think I had switched to Code Monkey shortly before you guys started up SSG. So I was Quad Kid Seven Six for a long time on there, and then switched it up. And... Okay. So when when we started SSG, like I, I remember, you know, you you specifically were were probably the first the first person that we like quote unquote like recruited. Like, is is that kind of your recollection too, Code? Do you think yeah, that's I think similar? Everyone before me was in that Allies for the Win group. So mm-hmm. I had come. You know, when I was in college, I was in another Halo gaming clan for a while. And about a year or two before you started SSG, that clan just fell apart when no one there wanted to move from Halo 2 to Halo 3. (laughs) Really? Well, some moved. They didn't. They built their clan on doing custom game types in Halo 2. It was all about the configuration, the options. They had a couple of the game types that we had come up with were if you remember Bungie did a couple different playlists near the last few years of Halo 2 and I think it was the yeah that's when they did started doing the grab bag isn't it yeah I think it was action sack playlist action sack oh, that's yeah. right oh, oh that was so much fun most of those were our game types really yeah oh, but, okay dude I played the shit out of those things just was, constant if you look up real real custom games was the name of the clan Real custom games. I'll have to check that out. So that kind of went um, defunct. Their entire online presence was an IRC channel. So 
Wow. No wonder they went defunct. Yeah. So after a while, I kind of just migrated over to the TTL forums and was picking up a few games here and there. How'd you come across the TTL forums to begin with? Um, one of my friends, he was one of my neighbors. Uh, remember, he was in SSG for a while, Big Nate. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember. Uh, he, he, knew, he knew from someone that he worked with. I can't remember. In one of his classes was a TTL guy, Bubble Cake. Some of I, I mean, these names I'm pulling out of my head that I remember, but yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So what, if you were to compare, I know that obviously you've, you've mentioned a number of differences between the two, but your experience as far as the clans themselves are concerned, the interconnectivity between the people, what would you, what, what's the difference between those? What would you say SSG has or doesn't have um, that the previous one did? Standards. I guess. <laughs> well, that's something. Well, no, I mean, in that other clan, it was just like, you know, we have, you know, in SSG, you've got the whole treat everyone with respect, you know, be polite, you know, and over there, just do whatever. You know, if you offend someone, you offend someone, work it out. Yeah, some some people like those rules more than others. Uh, you know, obviously some, you know, and it, it it's hard to enforce, you know, and we'll get to it later, but, you know, code was also an overlord for a long time too and so there's this weird balance where you know the overlords and moderators like we we can't see and read and be everywhere all the time yeah and so sometimes we'd see something and we'd enforce a rule and other times we wouldn't and so i understand how sometimes it looks punitive that we're you know every or, or inconsistent right we're right. sometimes enforcing a rule and sometimes not but it's not out of malice or spite it's just we can't see everything and we forget the rules too sometimes, you know, so, and a lot of it's a judgment call on, on some of the rules and, and what, whoever sees it thinks at that time. Right. So yeah, it's hard. Everyone likes rules until they apply to them. Like, <laughs> as, as soon as the band hammers come down on you for something you did, you're like, either you got to, you know, suck it up, apologize for what you did, or you just like, or people walk away. Yeah. And yeah, well, we've seen that too. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it filters out after a while. Like I've got a, another group outside of SSG I've been playing with since early Halo 2. A couple of those guys were in real custom games. And yeah, everyone's fought, you know, argued. And, but this group has weathered through that and you work things out. And you're, there's times where you hate each other, times where you're best friends. It comes and goes. Oh, yeah. There's always an ebb and flow to a group, especially an online presence. So SSG as a whole. So you came through TTL allies for the win which most of these early podcasts that you're going to hear are going to be a very similar story as to how ssg was discovered but from all your time at ssg have you ever okay for starters i know you've met a number of people myself included um within the clan how many people have you actually gotten an opportunity to meet meet in person uh, yeah. let's see here oh i had a few that i knew in person that i brought in like i've got my brother mm -hmm. irish fighter um former right. member big nate came in um i met up at pax i met jetstream now remember what's his new gamer tag jet no, he's just, he, and he then, went back he went to black knight and then he went back to jet he was victor and now he's kazrael met him there right. i met a couple of ttl guys and old spirits of fire clan members there too when i was up at pax hmm. um let's see i met remy i met you a few years ago yeah man wife. we went out to a barbecue <laughs> yeah, my wife and I took a road trip down the California coast. So that was cool. Yep, that's what I want to do. We were just talking about that. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, you, I heard that. You and tell I'm me just, when and where, man. You're telling. I was listening to that, and I'm like, yeah, I did that. I know. I can point you out at all the different places you should stop by. Yeah, man. You take the uh, the PCH straight north. Oh, love it. Oh, we took it south. We came down from well, San Francisco. That's where yeah. that works too. Um, let's see. A couple years ago, I took a road trip cross-country, went to a lot of baseball games, met J-Man in St. Louis, uh, met Nick, what's his gamer tag now? Deadeye. Him in South Carolina. Mm -hmm. uh, you didn't get to see Ghost Rider while you were in South Carolina? I, I sent him up a text when I was driving through, but I guess schedules didn't align, and I was on a pretty tight schedule city to city on that oh, road okay. trip. So. Gotcha. Yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. How many people did you meet on, that, on just that trip? Uh, in SSG, just those two. Oh, okay. Uh, met a couple other friends. I mean, in the middle of that trip, I was stopping in Indianapolis for a Gen Con gaming convention. So that God, was... Gen Con. I haven't heard that in a while. Yeah, I switched up going to PAX. I was going to PAX every year for a while, and then 
after a while, it just got really hard to get tickets to that thing. So I just, Gen Con was easy to grab tickets for. It's a board gaming convention, a lot more relaxed, sit down, hang out with friends. Yeah, that's cool. So when you're not sitting down and relaxing with friends, what do you have to do for a living to make some money? <laughs> I'm a software engineer, and I own my own software company. So we do payroll. So I was telling Remy this earlier. I do payroll software for the PEO industry, which if you haven't heard of that, it's a really narrow market of PEO as professional employer organizations. They are companies that take on shared employer liability for small businesses and then run the payroll for them but it exposes those small businesses to be able to get on, say, larger health benefit plans through that co-employment with a PEO. And our payroll software helps them manage that. How did you end up in a field like that? Now, I, I came out of college and you know, just looking for a job, and I started working at this company. And so I started off as you know junior engineer and working up. And after a few years, the company had some turnover. I became the lead developer. And... Hmm. About 2012, the owner decided he, you know, he's, he had a choice to make. He was either going to retire, and well, he's going to retire. So it's either sell the company, you know, just liquidate the assets. We all go find another job someplace else. Or what he decided to do is he let the company buy him out over the next eight years. So just wow. so me and I was over development, and my partner now he was over sales and support, and we basically took over as partners and took over the company and over time paid it off and now it's ours. That's awesome. That's really, that's cool. really cool. Yeah, I remember that transition. That That's awesome. Wow. So what did you go to school for? Was it specifically uh, development or what What was your degree exactly? Oh, well, initially I was going to school for electrical engineering. You know, growing oh. up on a military base, my dad was an electrical engineer and I, that's what I was going to do and learn the same thing. I was familiar with it and then I got into one of those hardware classes, and I'm sitting there, and I'm having to build a computer from scratch, like program, <laughs> like literally wiring the CPU into the memory chips, rewiring everything together, and I'm just like, this is not for me. No, <laughs> no. God, no. And I, I had taken enough software <laughs> classes towards that degree. I just It was an easy transition, so I shifted over to computer science, and that was a lot more enjoyable. So how many employees do you guys have in your, uh, your company? Uh, we have five, relatively small. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's perfect. Easy to manage. Yeah, we target our software as a on-premise solution. Not a lot of our biggest competitors do software as a service, and we're not uh, we're not yeah. hosting our clients' data. You know, they just install their server. They get they have all their data on their site. Oh, so is everything done remote then on your end? Well, or do you work with local companies? Um, no, we got clients all over the country. We basically package our software and then deploy it, and then they install it on their network. Interesting. How do you find time for uh, for gaming with all that? That sounds <laughs> that sounds exhausting, honestly. That is it way is. too high level for me. <laughs> I mean, especially lately with all the changes with this whole coronavirus and everyone wanting yeah. to get their small business loan for, so they call up their payroll provider and say, "I need a report of all my payroll costs so I can go get my loan." And mm-hmm. They want it all yesterday. So. Mm-hmm. So what do you? Uh, how do you find time? For your social life, you're, you know, you, I know you've got a family. I know you've got, you know, time for gaming. How do you squeeze all that in? I mean, you got to leave the work at work when you go home. So I don't, I try as much as possible to avoid, as a developer, I don't want to be in the support role of our company. Yeah. So like I, my clients don't have my contact information. <laughs> smart. Very smart. Well, that's good. So he, he mentioned a little bit about your your home life there so i know you've uh we i've seen i've seen pictures of of some dogs i know that you've had and fostered and stuff like that what kind of dogs do you have nowadays um right now we only have one dog we have an alaskan malamute Ooh, uh, few love year, malamutes. Mm-hmm. a few years ago we had a german shepherd that my brother's family they moved across the country to alabama couldn't take their dog with them and so we ended up taking her in but she had a lot of genetic issues and problems and ended up having to be put down a few years ago that's terrible. Yeah, huskies are definitely one of my my favorite favorite breeds. Though my neighbor across the street has one, and every time she's out, I'm I like instantly like run out of the house to go to go see her. <laughs> see, after having a Malamute and see and meeting Huskies, I'm not sure I'd go with a Husky. They're way too energetic for me. Yeah, Huskies what, are super. What's energetic. the size difference? I know I know there is ones bigger and ones. Malamutes smaller, are right? about 
I mean, Huskies generally run about 50, 60 pounds, and a Malamute's 100 to 125. Okay. So our dog's pretty big, right around 100, um, but she's getting up there in age, not as energetic as she used to be, so. Aren't we all? Yep. <laughs> oh, I understand that. So you're you're primarily playing these days to switch the conversation a little bit back to gaming. Um, you're primar- primarily on Xbox still, correct? Yeah, I try to play all Xbox, even though I just I did just did build a brand new PC. I haven't really gotten a feel for any PC games that I'm wanting to jump into too much. Although I keep going back to my Diablo game, I've played that for the last 25 years ish. So every new computer <laughs> I get, all? every new PC I get, it's like, well, I guess I got to play Diablo for a while. <laughs> Sounds like Mike with The Witcher. Oh yeah. <laughs> so you stick to Xbox mostly. What's your what's your go-to game either type or game specifically? Uh it depends what I'm if I'm playing with friends, usually it's a shooter, multiplayer. Um mostly it's been the Call of Duty series. I'll jump in a little bit Battlefield or Halo every now and then, but Call of Duty's been the go-to. Um when it's just me, I tend to stick to single-player RPGs, mostly Assassin's oh. Creed, Mass Effect. Haven't really gotten into The Witcher. But... So I've never played through the Mass Effect series. Oh, you're missing out. I've heard that. Are you a Star Wars fan? Oh, yeah, love it. It's basically a video game space opera. Okay, well, that's a that's a pretty damn good selling point. <laughs> well, and, and BioWare is so good about... Um, I think all of the games code haven't they had like the 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 choice you know like the different outcomes and and all that kind of stuff with the dialogue and has that been in there since the beginning yeah i mean they're they've always done the you know good bad dialogue options throughout your game they one of their first games was star wars knights of the old republic and that oh, was, i didn't realize they had made that yeah they did that one and then obsidian did the sequel to it but so then they did. Mm-hmm. They wanted to break off after doing Knights of the Old Republic and do their own story. So they did Mass Effect as that. And the first one was had that still felt a little bit like the turn-based RPG that Knights of the Old Republic was, where you could queue up your different options. But they see, and that's why I always kind of avoided it. I thought that was the case throughout. No, it switched very to more of a third-person cover-based shooter into the second and third mm-hmm. one. So can I start with the second and continue to the third? You can. I mean, with the second one, they give a really nice little intro that you can pick your choices that you would have made in the first one. They give like a little interactive comic book ah. thing. So you can. They tell you the story. You know what? What did you pick here? What did you pick here? So you can set up well, your. Sure, that settles it. All right, I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna play them. Well, and I think I know I, I've only really played two, one and two, but I know. Um... Like two and three, you could import your character and stuff too. Yeah, it, well, all of them you could import your character from one to the next. And so with one to two, there was a pretty big graphical change, and so your characters didn't always look the same. But from two to three, it was really consistent. And they just you'd pick your save, game save, and you, you know you finish the game, and then it right after you make that final end game decision, that would lock your save in, so you could import from there. Yeah, that, that's a pretty cool pretty cool feature i i like when games have uh like that that kind of continuity you know like when if you have a, accomplished something achieved something or, or you spent a lot of time and then you can you know you you, you get that reward of, of keeping that whatever it is i remember playing um perfect dark on the 64 the original perfect dark there was a yeah and one of the levels you're on an airplane and if you opened like a um like one of the one of the doors that's it's not a door it's like a like a trap door on the floor if you open it there was like a like a jet ski or some kind of vehicle on this platform when you open the platform if you opened it the next level you were you were able to use that vehicle which is pretty cool like and it was just it wasn't obvious by doing it that you would have any chance to do anything with it later in the game but if you did it then you'd you know you'd unlock it later in the game which you you wouldn't have it otherwise so things like that are I like little Easter eggs or, you know, cool little hidden things like that. Yeah, the Mass Effect series did a lot of that with just even the side stories in the game. You know, you meet and talk to this one little annoying side character in the first game, and, you know, he's kind of annoying to you, and he'll show up in the second game again in a little bit annoying side story, and then he shows up in the third, and now he's turned it, you know, by the third game, you're like, he's an endearing character that you want to help out. (laughs) In the first one, he's just like an annoying fan. 
of your character. So what was your first console, Code? First console? Yeah. Probably an Atari 2600. Nice. Yep, that was mine. That's going back to childhood when my dad bought that. And, you know, that's like, hey, sit down and two-player play Asteroids oh. or something. <laughs> there you go. Now, the one I remember, the game on that was always combat with the tanks. Yep. That's, that's one I never played. Yeah, I don't. I, I just remember having one, and, you know, I remember, like, the room it was hooked up in and, and sitting on the floor and playing with it because, you know, you had, like, a like a one-foot cord on the controller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, um, But I don't remember any specific games other than maybe, like, Asteroids or, some, you know, something like that. I'm, I'm sure we had, like, Asteroids and Pac-Man and things like that. But And Pong. But, let's not forget that. Yeah. But Tanks, the, the Tanks game, I, I do remember playing that. And I remember... We had the infamous ET game too, the one that was more. Oh, what, what was the what? So, did they do a um, a documentary or something on that fairly recently? Yeah, it's it, like there's a whole bunch buried in the desert or something like they ridiculous. Made, they made so many copies of the game, and then it just didn't sell at all. And so they had warehouses <laughs> full of these game cartridges, and so they just after a while drove out in the desert, just dug a hole and buried them in a landfill. <laughs> I mean, what else are you gonna do with them? I guess. But, <laughs> so I think yeah. in the documentary, you know, they went out and figured out where in the landfill they buried it, and they dug it up and found them. <laughs> oh my like gosh! Nothing better to do with their nope. time. <laughs> <laughs> so all way- in all the years of your gaming, uh-huh. from from the Atari to now, what is your proudest achievement? Whether it's an actual achievement like an Xbox achievement or something you've done that is just very difficult to do, and you. You, that's just your proudest moment in gaming, I guess, is what I'm asking. Um, probably it's a it's a group effort here, but it was in Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, playing multiplayer with friends, and you know those games were always team deathmatch, 75 kills to win, and we won a match 75 to one. Holy <laughs> hell! <laughs> with a full with a full team. Yep. Wouch! That that is demoralizing for the other team. Yeah, but you know, as a team, we reveled in that. You know, well, naturally. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's like getting a, you know, getting a sports shutout essentially. You know, I mean, like, and and you know, something like in baseball or something like pitching a perfect game almost. Yeah, yeah. we we still haven't hit the seventy-five and zero ever, but still, you weren't that one that. kill, were you? No, I wasn't. Oh, good, good. <laughs> but you know, in a game like that, you know, it comes down to rationing. You you, you can't. You're not running around the map, you know, picking up guns from the guys you killed because you, you'll die if you do that. So right. it comes down to picking the right guns and the right ammo. And... That's awesome. I totally forgot that those games were to 75. But it wasn't, it wasn't, it's not one-to-one, is it? I mean, there was something, don't you get like more, don't you get points for assists or points? You get points, but it counted, it only counted kills towards its end game score. Oh, so it was still 75 actual kills. Uh-huh. That's how they do it? Okay. Yeah, it's been a while since I played an actual Call of Duty multiplayer match. Or, you know, at least one of the classic types like that. That's always something when you're playing that, you know, you don't realize it's that special game until you're like, guys, we're up like 60 to oh. <laughs> don't <laughs> Shh, die. Don't say anything. <laughs> yeah, that. You jinx it. Mm-hmm. So what, um, so other than gaming, what are some of your big hobbies that you like to do, you know, with yourself or with, with friends? Oh. Um board games is probably what it comes down to I've, me and my wife will go play board games a lot with some friends around here so I've built up over the last few years a pretty sizable tabletop board game collection any particular favorites yeah my favorite game board game it's probably one that you know you don't typically think but it's based off a TV show you remember the Spartacus TV show on stars I do so yeah it's a game based off of that and they Gale Force 9 designed this game and the nice thing about it is that you're always involved in the game, and they've got an entire like gladiator combat arena phase of the game. And even if you're not in the gladiator arena fighting, you're betting, doing side bets on who you think's going to win, who's going to decapitate someone. That's badass. <laughs> we'll have game nights here, and you know that game. If you play it from start to finish, it take, can easily take four or five hours to play. Perfect. I love a game like that. I have still yet to do any of the tabletop stuff, but. My impression is they're all generally pretty long, aren't they? I mean, maybe not that long, but... No, it depends on the game. Like, there's a lot more, um, like, smaller games. Like, there's a game I like to play called Coup, C-O-U-P. 
Oh, great that's game. A, it's a quick card game. You know, it can play up to 10 people, and it, it takes five minutes to play through the game. Yeah. So we'll just play that's that over and over. It's just a bluffing game. What What is in a little bit off topic maybe, but in the um, – What's the Netflix series with the um, with the kids and the, and the aliens things. and all that stuff? Yeah, Stranger what, Things. Do they play? Is it just Dungeons and Dragons they play, or is it just some made up? No, thing that's, that that's, that's, just, that's just straight. Yeah, yeah old school D and D. Okay. Yeah, and that's where they get all the the monster names and everything. The Demogorgon. The Demogorgon. Yep. I pronounced that wrong, but yeah. So those are all like <laughs> legit names, like from classic like Dungeons and Dragons or that stuff that they make up. Yeah, it's all from no, classic like D and D two point oh, one point oh. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, see maybe it would have been cooler if I would have known that. Or you know. <laughs> Yeah. Um so uh, Jay, you've never played any D and D or uh, any kind of tabletops? No, that I mean surprises I, you know me. well not not for any um necessarily lack of interest or not wanting to do it, just be just that um I, I think like my formative years, you know, when probably a lot of us would have done it, you know, like the Stranger Things type stuff. Um, I didn't have any friends that were into it um, or that had anything, you know, even gr- just growing up, period. I never had any friends that played. So I didn't have any of the exposure locally to do it. And I mean, obviously now with, within SSG, um, there's plenty of online ways to do it and stuff like that. And plenty of people within it that play. And I, I should definitely like, you got kids. check it out you can play with your kids. Dude, we should yep. absolutely set up an SSG D&D game. I mean, I never had board games a lot really growing up. I mean, my family had Monopoly and Sorry, and but I mean, those are hor- <laughs> those are horrible games. Yeah. Like from a game design Monopoly. standpoint, Monopoly is like the worst game out there. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Not good. I won't even uh I can't even play that with my wife. She destroys me. <laughs> I mean, the entire point of that game is to just you know, you're trying to kick everyone else out of the game. Yeah, screw everybody over. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I lost interest in a lot of games where they have, like, player elimination. So, you know, if we're playing and someone gets kicked out of the game, they got to sit and watch the rest of everyone play. I'm like, I don't want to play this anymore. My favorites are always the either the co-op games where you're, you're fighting against the game itself, the um, lying games like uh, Coop is one of the... Um, um, one night of uh, what is that werewolf? Um, one, one night of werewolf. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like games like Munchkin, those are always th- those to me the the more inventive kind of unique twists on classic ideas. You got a current theme game there. You could play Pandemic. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> current events. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. As, as we record this, we are still in the middle of the uh, COVID nineteen pandemic or you know epidemic that is everywhere so yeah yeah it'll come up a few times in the next few podcasts i assure you yes so hopefully we'll have time to get some more podcasts out with everybody being home or we're doing two this week it'll be great Mm -hmm. Mm and we've actually started trying to play board games with my nieces and nephews across the country in alabama over just a webcam so we'll set up like a camera pointed down at our table that's awesome we'll play like settlers of Catan with them they set up a table on their end so it matches the exact same table that's awesome. I love nice. it. So seriously, so, SSG D and D has to happen. Yep. If you guys are ready to walk <laughs> me through everything, oh, I'm right there with you. I've never actually played. I just know happen to know a lot about it. Ah, I see. D and D, true nerd at heart. Yeah, D and D comes right. down to having a good GM, someone who can really get into it. Uh, we can. Uh, I think we know we a couple recruit, of those. Uh, Frank or John or <laughs> we have Toma. so many Toma. That's right. Yeah, we got a lot that can can do that. No doubt. So, Code, having grown up on a small island, which is, you said it was a U.S. territory or it, outside the U.S., right? It Yeah, it's a U.S., it was a military base in the Marshall Islands. Okay, okay. So it sounds like you're reasonably well-traveled across the world then. I mean, or is it just that and then the U.S.? No, I've been there into Europe, so. Okay. Where would you go if you could go anywhere? If I could go anywhere? Yeah, what's your what's your dream destination? Permanently or just to visit? Now let's start with visit and then go permanent. I'd want to visit Antarctica. Oh shit, I like that. You know what? I do too. I was uh, I was listening to a podcast about a very similar thing not too long ago. Why Antarctica? You could get down there and pick a direction, and you could walk somewhere where you're reasonably sure no other human has been. That's so badass. Yeah. Almost huh. everywhere else in the world you go, it's like, well, someone's been here at least. So. 
yeah, probably a lot of someone's. Yeah, hmm. we, me and the kids were just talking about Antarctica the other day because we were talking about, uh, we were talking about one of the, I, I guess we were talking about all the continents. We we're, you know, with all this, uh, with the COVID-19 and staying home, obviously the kids are home, no school. And so, you know, we've been doing all the homeschooling. We were talking about the continents and it came up with Antarctica and we were um, talking about how nobody was there. And the kids are like, oh, well, I want to go there. I was like, yeah, but it's like, you know, mostly ice. I don't know if it's somewhere you, you want to be. Like, there's no buildings. There's not really any electricity, internet. You know, you wouldn't have much to do even if, even once you got there. And, it, you know, obviously it's really cold. And they were <laughs> like, yeah, that doesn't sound fun. I'm like, no, not 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 to go stay. But uh, definitely to, as a place to go check out and visit, like, like Code was saying, it would be pretty cool to go just experience it, right? Yeah, for sure. So what about living? If you were to live anywhere, could be right where you are. Um, actually, I'd probably want to live on a tropical island out in the Western Pacific. Okay. Someplace hmm. where, I mean, growing up out there is like we didn't have. Uh, it was still before the internet, but even then, when the internet came out, it was like, well, we had dial-up from the base building. It was like, I, I was never attached to that television. We had two channels didn't have anything to watch and that's the way to grow up too i, so, I grew up very similarly you don't really it get attached awesome. to that and so i you know I, I know what that's like and i wouldn't mind going back to that love it even as a yeah, com- could... you know a software engineer it's like i deal with computers all day and like yeah i'd give it up any day oh in a heartbeat see I, i've always been you know with, with as much that i do with computers professionally and, and personally like i, I can say typically I, I don't i don't come home or, or get home from from a job or from working and, and get tired of it or sick of it. Like I'm, I'm still, you know, like I, I know a lot of people now, again, I don't have to work in front of a screen for eight, 10 hours a day. You know, it's, it's always something I can do kind of at, you know, typically at my, at my leisure and it's not my something I'm stuck doing for several hours like that, but I never come home and want to just, you know, take a complete break from screens or the internet or anything like that. But I, I, I can tell I'm definitely in the minority where most people just want to, take that break and I don't think it's that I'm tired of it or want to give it up, but it's like, I know what life is like without it. And it, it's not that bad. <laughs> Simple. So if you were on this, uh, tropical Island, you know, let's say you're there visiting, or even if you ended up living somewhere like that, what, what would you want to have with you? Like if, you know, if you could bring, you know, let's say you were there and you were, you were, Living there, what's one of the things you'd have to bring? You know, you're like, I can't be without this. You know, if it was a favorite book or game or movie or... Hmm. Not a lot. I really don't know what I would have to have with me. No, no, no specific books that you've read a thousand times or... Not really. Books are, for me, are usually a one-time read. I've tried to reread books and it's just... I get two chapters in, like, I remember the whole plot. I don't... Yeah, I'm good. (laughs) bring like your uh, settlers of Catan or something with you so you'd always have something to as long as there were other people some... yeah, yeah, so... there's other people to play with yeah I guess <laughs> that'd be a really boring game by yourself <laughs> I win again <laughs> oh man so on that on that similar note everybody's got one whether they say they do or not but what's your guilty pleasure TV show movie game what what are you not keen to uh divulge right out the gate guilty pleasure yeah uh, i don't know i yeah no nothing you're embarrassed to say that you uh oh i watched that entire tv show or um, i went through i read the twilight books or <laughs> i don't know i'm just <laughs> I, I didn't read those no oh, did, apparently i actually did yeah I... oh no nothing <laughs> Yeah, I just can't think of too much stuff that, I, yeah. I mean, there's stuff I enjoy that probably most other people don't. Like, I actually like sitting down and watching baseball games. I wouldn't have guessed that about you. I mean, to be fair, we don't know each other wonderfully well or anything, but I never would have uh, pegged you for a baseball guy. Yeah, during the summers, pretty much, yeah, I'll come home from work, turn on the baseball game, and that'll be on for the next three or four hours. So who's your favorite team then, or teams? I'm a glutton for punishment. I like the Oakland days. Mm. <laughs> Perennially bad. Uh, sounds like my football team. Just watch them lose over and over again, but you still love them. Yep. Every time they get a good player, got to trade them away. 
<laughs> See, I don't have that same problem. We just get good players, and they come down to our level. So, you know, we we'd talked about briefly, or we had mentioned, um, you know, you had a stint, obviously, in SSG in the leadership position as, as an overlord. Um, is, is that something, you know, have you have you been in a position like that before with, with clans or communities where you've, you know, been in charge or, or run them before? I hadn't, no. Um, I think I approached it more just from the organizational standpoint of, you know, things, keeping things running, events happening, following the rules, implementing the policies. And after a while that just gets tiring. Yeah. So if anyone asked me to do it again, I would just say, no, no, thank you. <laughs> See, it's so hard to find good help, but you know, like you, you know, like you were saying, you, you were such a that surprises me because you were such a natural fit for it. You know, I I think that's you know when when at the time when we were looking for somebody, you know, it was it. I don't even think it really appeared to be a question. Like you were almost already doing the job, you know, and then it was kind of like, hey, let's you know, let's offer this position because it it seemed like you'd be so so good at it, right? Like and. and and I think you definitely were like when you were here, all the, uh, all the policies, you know, like you were saying, like you helped with make policies, write policies, change policies, um, fix all my spelling mistakes. Like, you know, <laughs> there was, there was a, a lot of, a lot of things that, you know, I think, I think SSG greatly benefited um, from you, you in that role. So. Oh, Thanks. for sure. Yeah. You were a natural 100%. Thanks. But I think sometimes when it comes to like communities like that, I've, I mean, just learning through that process is it can't be forced. Like, it has to grow organically. And I was more in the position of, well, we've decided we're going to do it this way, so let's make that happen, even though that may not have been the organic solution that it was going to happen that way. Yeah, and I, th- and I think SSG has learned that time and time again where, you know, like I was saying, how, how we kind of came came to the f- – came to with you with us wanting to have you on in a leadership role where anytime we've had any kind of um, like a staff role or leadership role come up or we want to make a new one um, it 100% works better if it's organic right like if if the people were already doing essentially doing that job already and then we just you know quote unquote like make it official right like um, like before it was ever a position like Dalkeus, he was our first like community um, staff member, the the community Templar, w- that really just did outreach. Like they went to other communities and tried to get mixers and tried to get um, just tried to stir up activities within SSG and then SSG and other communities. What you know, not necessarily competitive, just fun game nights. Much like how um, even today, like OCR does a lot of Halo nights and and things like that. And so. Um, so he was already doing that job. Like he was already, that's just his personality. Like he was just going out and talking to other clans and trying to get things organized and just trying to have fun gaming nights and sessions and bring people on. And so we're like, Hey, let's just give him this role and, and make him make that's, you know, make, make that role around him. Right. Not, not try yeah. to design a role and then find somebody for it. Mm, that makes sense. And he did a great job at it. I mean, that works and then until that person decides they want to change sometimes and then you get the next person tries to live it, step into their shoes, right? And then it turns into not an organic process for them. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. There's pros and cons to trying to force something to happen. You know, you can, you've, I've seen communities out there where they're very rigid, like, no, this is how we do it. If you're in here, you follow these rules, you do it this way. And if you don't like it, you leave and they have high turnover. And But the ones that are there are doing it. And then you get other clans who are just or even just friends, you know, you're just a group of friends. Like sometimes we play this game, sometimes we don't, but everyone's enjoying it. Yeah. And, and we've gone through that, you know, as, as a community, we're eh, at, at one point we, we just had so many just staff members and, and leadership people. Like we've never had more than, more than five people in leadership, but we had a bunch of um, probably, I think probably when you were, when you were there code and, and, and leadership where we just had so many different, um, what we would call the, the, the Templars, which was our, like our staff. Yeah. I people. remember when we created and, that, it was like, well, we've got five overlords. So let's add five or six Templars. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Half the clan was, uh... and you've only got like 25 members. Like, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and half the time it felt like, well, we need, 
we want this person to feel like they're important, so let's come up with something for them to manage. Like, I don't know. Yeah. That's, see, that's when it doesn't work. If yeah. And coming up with jobs. Yeah. And it would work for a little bit. You know, somebody would do it, but, but it's hard, right? Because it's, I think is definitely is, as I've found out in the other, anybody else that's been in a leadership position here, or, you know, really in anything like, like a, even a, like a nonprofit or something else that you're not really getting paid for, right? Like any kind of community mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. It's, it's hard, right? Like, oh, like definitely I go through downturns where, you know, I'm sure there's something I could be doing management wise and inside of SSG. Right. But it's like, I just, I forget, or I'm busy with my other two jobs and family and everything else. And, um, you know, since obviously there is no paycheck and there's no, you know, there's no schedule for anything really, you know, we're just, um, luckily SSG maintains itself, right? Most people police themselves and maintain themselves and, and, um, you know, until big, changes or, or issues or things happen right like then that's usually when we step up and and step in to, to have big discussions and things like that like really like the last big thing that we had to do was this uh change to discord yeah so with with the change to discord i mean that that set a whole bunch of stuff in motion right because there was there was a lot of pushback because a lot of people wanted to stay on the forums or you know because right around this time too was um it was right after the transition essentially to like the Xbox one and the PS4 and all that had, it already happened a little bit, but there was a a fracturing of game systems and games. And so the community was already a little divided on what game, you know, cause we went from always playing Halo three on the Xbox and now we're going to switch Halo or call of duty, you know, type games, but pretty much everybody was on the Xbox. Then we switch console generations. Some people go different ways and then there's not really any unifying game anymore. And then we throw something like this into the mix. Where How do you stay in touch? Right? It, when everyone's, yeah, no okay. one's, used to be, you know, Halo, when I first started on Xbox, it was like I could turn on Halo 2 and all my friends were in Halo 2. Didn't matter. Right, you, you wouldn't know. see a different game on. And then even SSG, when that started, it was Halo 3. You know, you could get on and like every single night, just, hey, there's 35 of my friends online, hit up, send a friend invite, or send a, you know, a game invite and or a message that just says, hey, give me an invite when you got a spot. Yeah, I miss there being a cohesive game between the, amongst the clan. But yeah, I mean, I remember when the forums were, we were on the forums only, and people are like, well, we want to add a chat functionality to give this like real time. Not, I don't want to post a message because it's not really that important for a permanent record to be there. Just so we added a chat. I remember at the top for a while, and mm-hmm. and I guess we we went to Slack for a little bit, trying to figure I totally out. Totally forgot we, about that. Figure out what was the best real-time chat platform and i had done irc before and that you know irc is its own headache trying to explain to someone who's not computer tech savvy how to connect to it <laughs> I mean, but i mean discord i think is where the entire gaming community has gone towards and so it's a good transition well yeah and it makes it, it's got so many features built in that we can so easily use like right now we're chatting on discord chat to record this podcast i mean the biggest advantage um, of discord is it's free that's pretty huge <laughs> and very customizable. You know, a lot of plugins and everything you can play with. Yeah, it it is very nice. And I, you know, it having the switch to Discord and having all of the the real-time communication has been nice. Um, and, you know, we, we've, internally, we've discussed this to death with, uh, on the forums before we left and then since we've been on, on Discord. But there is just something, I, you know, I just love the forums. You know, I just love the layout of them. I love the, like the visual appeal and like the way you can reply to comments and you can see things in context. And you, you know, if you, if you were gone for a week, you could still catch up reasonably easy. Where on discord, if you're gone for like a day, sometimes there could be a channel. Then you're just like, well, you just, just call bankruptcy on it. Cause you're not going to catch up and read necessarily everything that was, that's in there, especially, I mean, and ours isn't super active, but there's a couple other that, you know, that I'm involved in and they're just crazy active. And it's like, man, there's no way I could keep up. Well, yeah. No, it's absolutely the, impossible. I mean, your forums are the equivalent of a newspaper and discord's the equivalent of the radio. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you don't turn on yep. your radio and expect to catch up on the last three days worth of radio. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a really good way to put it actually. Interesting. But yeah, so it, that, that's been one of my biggest struggles with the switch to discord is, 
trying to make sure or try to go through and um, and not necessarily archive, but be able to find things again. And it has a great search function. That's not necessarily the problem, but I, I try to go through and and pen items and, and things like that so I can go back and, and find them. And I've even gone back recently and made posts on the forums, like in some of our internal admin boards, just so because I know it's a spot <laughs> that I know that I can find it. So it, it's still easier for me to find things on the forums sometimes and just like make a note or, or keep a, a record of something that happened. Yeah. It certainly has its, uh, well, both have their advantages and disadvantages. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have to say I'm probably as a day-to-day usage, I'm more fond of the forums, but discord makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. I, I, in a, in a perfect world, I'd still like to have both, you know, yeah. I, I, but as we saw, I think um, I think the move the move to Slack and then the move to to Discord, um, by and large, is one of the big reasons that that saved SSG a, as a group. I think um, I think had we not made that move, because and we did it fairly early. I feel like it, you know lo- looking at some of the other groups where we where we at least integrated it partway, and then we we went full on board with with Discord, but you know we did get a lot of pushback and a lot of rebuttal about people that didn't want to leave the forums and things like that. And again, like I totally get it. Cause I love, I love the forums, but um, I think that is something that when we made that transition to the, the real time communication, because then one of the biggest problems with the forums was most people's usage was on their smartphone and people didn't really want to get on the forums cause it really wasn't optimized really well. I mean, forums, it's just hard period for forums to be optimized for a smartphone. Sure. And so, yeah. you know, it just wasn't, it, it wasn't working well um, on smartphones. And so, and you didn't have any of the real-time stuff, right? So now on um, Discord, we have all the communication. We have, you know, you got push notifications so people can, you know, you can DM people, you can tag people, you know, you can do all that kind of stuff. And so um, I think that really helped save SSG as a group. I think it, had that not happened, I think people, you know, we would have still been around in some capacity potentially now. Um, and I think people would still play with people who they're friends with and all that kind of stuff. There w- wouldn't have been any like bad blood necessarily, but, um, but I'm glad that I'm glad we made that move. That's kind of how it was happening near the end of the forums is people started breaking up in their own little clicks that they necess- didn't necessarily play with people. They weren't super familiar with because they didn't have time or didn't have the desire to go to the forums to fill it out. Now right. I feel like it's a little more cohesive. And it seems like people are switching. I mean, with Discord, it's one of those things where it really gets its value by just if you're always signed into it. Like it's yeah. on my phone all the time. If someone tags me, I'm going to see it in within a few minutes typically. Right. Whereas it used to be like the forums, you know, someone could send me a message. I'm not going to see it for maybe a day or two if I don't sign into the forum. And when we first switched to Slack and Discord, (laughs) yeah, but when we first switched to Slack and Discord, it felt like people were still using those same habits from forums where it's like, oh, I opened up Slack, I checked, I read, and then I closed it down. Or I opened up Discord, Mm -hmm. I read it, and Uh, I closed it down. And so you could tag them, like, they're still not going to see it until they sign in again. But I've noticed now more and more, you know, you come in and, you know, you go to other communities and you can see like, oh, how many people are signed in? Like 95 people are in their Slack or in their Discord. And it's like now ours is growing more and more. Like we've got 13 people signed into Discord right now, 13 knights and 11 people from other clans. So it's like you've got these people always ready to you can tag them if you wanted. Yeah, I think just in general, I think a lot of people are um, they're having to use or getting more comfortable with these platforms, right? You got like we said, we Slack, Discord, Microsoft Teams. Um, people are, are using these platforms more just for work and or personal stuff. And so they're becoming a lot more comfortable with it as before people didn't really understand what they were, how they worked. And so now that now we're over that hump and people understand what it is. And so I think it's easier to get everybody involved. And we've had this awesome Renaissance um, of finding all of the other good game network clan um, discords. So, I mean, that, that has been amazing. Like code, you just said, you know, there's, you know, 10 plus people from other communities that are online um, 
and again, they're not necessarily in in our Discord. They're just online in Discord. But it's nice because we could ping them if we needed to go play Halo or Call of Duty or something like that. Like, yeah. and, you know, we could if we needed to recruit some people for a game. So that's that's what makes it really cool. And so it's been nice to have that um, the reconnection. Yeah, this big reconnection of back and forth, right? So we've had a we've gone to a whole bunch of other communities, and we've had a bunch of people from different communities come into SSG, which has been it's been really cool. It's been good to see some old faces and old voices, and um, just have a lot more people to play with. That just reminds me of something when I bought my last house back in like 2014, 2013 ish. I had a neighbor moved in, and he was over at my house, and we were having dinner or something, and. Yeah, I turned on my Xbox, showing him what games I had, and he looked at my gamer tag. He's like, "SSG Code Monkey, Sword and Shield Gaming," and he, he's like, <laughs> "He's like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, my gamer tag's BSG Ender." <laughs> like, like he had been in our forums at the time, and you know, he recognized the name. And it was just funny that he had moved up from Arizona and ended up being living right around the corner from me. Yeah, that's awesome. That's fantastic. Well, gentlemen, uh, we are rapidly approaching our hour. Um, Mr. Code or Simeon, would you do you want to leave the uh, listeners with anything? Any plugs that you're working on? Any projects or anything like that? Uh, not really. Um, no. If you see me online, ping me if you want to play Call of Duty or Diablo Three. I'm always up for that. <laughs> Sounds good. We'll have to get some games in soon, man. It's been a long time. Yep. Cool. All right, well, All right guys. Well, thank you, a lot. gentlemen, very much. That was a. Uh, was good to get you know get to know you a little bit better there, Code. Same. Sounds good. All right. You gentlemen have an awesome evening. And uh, viewers, thank you for listening.